0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 48 of Founders Gyan and thanks for tuning in. Each week we bring you the inspiring story of a startup and the founders behind it. This week we are featuring a very interesting startup called Forest Learning and their website is the 4SLearning.com and they are revolutionizing education by helping children learn without the need for electricity, internet or even a building. How incredible is that? We'll learn more about how they do that on the show, so don't go anywhere. Or oh, wait, you can go about your tasks while listening to the show. I always find podcasts so interesting for this reason. Anyways, back to the topic. Do check out the show notes over at foundersgyan.comslash slash EP48 to find links to all that we discuss on the show. Finally, Founders Gyan is being featured on 90.5 FM in Hyderabad every Monday at 7 p.m., With a repeat on Thursdays at 7pm. So do check that out. If you are not in Hyderabad, you can listen to this online via their live streaming. Just search for "Bowl Hyderabad in Google and you can find the details. The episode that will be aired on the show is different from this episode. So please do check it out. Alright, enough with the small talk. Let's get going with the show, shall we? Buddha Dev Barman and Roini Gelot. Welcome to the show. I am super excited to be meeting with you guys and be chatting with you today. Buddha and Roini are the founders of Forest Learning. 4S Learning's objective is to enhance literacy of rural children through the 4SL, 4SL box that enables the creation of digital classrooms anywhere without the need for electricity, internet or even buildings. Buddha is the founder and has 14 years of technical experience. He has earlier co-founded a tech company that was successfully acquired. Roini on the, on the other hand, has over 25 years in various forms of media such as print, tech and electronic media. she has been actively involved in technical and educational content development and has successfully trained over 6,000 teachers in the use of technology in education. Uh, Buddha and Roini, great to meet you and thanks a lot for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your knowledge wisdom and our time wisdom and time with our listeners. Thank you for agreeing to be on the show. Hi uh, thank you.
1: Thanks, Ram. Pleasure to be here today with you.
0: Great. So now let's talk about your journey before forest learning. We'll come to forest learning in just a minute. So is there anything more you want to add to your background
2: before forest learning in about uh, a minute or so? Uh, Yes, Ram. Uh, I would like to add. So before uh, forest learning, I was uh, uh, working in uh, one company called Meridian Radiology. It was basically a startup and it was uh, doing all the radiological job for US market. Uh, That was my first startup and then I started a next company called Sparkplug Technology which is a consulting company, it's still going on. Uh, Before that I used to work with uh, NVC Universal So and and before that um, I was doing primarily to network engineering and mostly into streaming media technologies. And uh, I, st- I did and started my schooling, I was born p- basically in Leladak and did my schooling over there. So uh, after that, I came to Delhi and, and did my rest of the engineering stuff.
0: Okay, great. And uh, Rohini, do you want to add something more uh, to your background?
1: As, as you had said, I come from a media background, from a content background. Uh, I worked with companies like NIT, uh, Neilsoft. Uh, started my career with Dataquest. Set up their uh, regional office in Chennai in back in 1987, 88, 88. Uh, set it up in 88, and uh, have been in content development for a long time. Buddha and I go back a long way. We met about 14 years ago, and. Uh, Over the years, we've worked together, even when we sort of went our own ways, we kept in touch and uh, that is one of the reasons why we are today co-founders of this company.
2: Right.
1: And uh, the last six years, I've been in uh, teacher training, started out as a favor to a friend, but uh, I I didn't know where it was going to take me (laughs) down the years.
0: So. Okay, so... I think it's taken you. I think it's taken you to the to a right uh, to a great spot right now. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly, one didn't expect to be here, but uh, I realize it brings a great deal of advantage to the table.
0: Okay, now let's talk a little bit more in detail about the concept of forest learning. So. Uh, and uh, because it's not really very apparent from, the, from, from, from even my definition that uh, it enables the creation of digital classrooms anywhere without needing electricity internet or even building. So, tell us a bit more about this and how did you guys come up with this idea in the first
2: place? So, basically like forest, uh, w- the concept uh, we brainstormed a lot because uh, we, we kept in touch. We discussed a lot of issues which is going on in the market especially about the rural areas we used to visit and we came we we come from those areas where there is no power no electricity so eventually we discussed like we need to come up with some solution which could be easily portable and easily deployable so the things could be easily managed on the remote locations so the concept of forest is like student study skill success so once the student will study his skills will be developed and he will be successful so, which means we need to create an entire ecosystem rather than creating one small uh, concept and, and, and dependent upon in the third party or external uh, uh, external factors. So the the concept was like we need to create a combination of a hardware, a software, and a complete platform, which is which is an ecosystem. And then there will be a physical person who will be involved, which is a teacher or the facilitator. Who can take care of the entire concept. So the things are like it has to be a self dependent, self contained system which could run anywhere without any external dependencies.
1: Okay, uh, let me add to that, Ram. Uh, where we are coming from, let me give you just a little brief uh, on that. Uh, I spent about eight odd years in the north of Bengal, in the northeast, where I saw very closely the kind of education facilities that are available to the children there, to the local children, to the children in the villages, to the children in the tribal areas. Uh, A great divide exists between what is available to them and to children in cities, in metros, in the big towns. And I am not just talking about children who are in all the international schools or the great public schools. I am even talking of children who are in regular public schools as compared to them also. Even the government schools in cities and towns are way, way ahead of the facilities that government schools in the rural areas and the semi-rural areas are getting. So uh, about five years ago when I got back to Delhi and we started, you know, like I said, we had been always on the same wavelength and we started discussing about the problems that exist in this industry. We wanted to do something for the kids basically, to help them. We started out with a whole lot of ideas, but somewhere along the line we realized that an idea or a solution which is online is not going to work. Those children do not have access to the internet. Uh, More than the internet, they do not even have access to electricity. So we need a solution that is independent of the electricity, that is independent of the internet. That is where the idea of the four S L box was born. Uh, the the box is a complete learning ecosystem, as Buddha put it. It contains hardware, software, and learning content. Uh, the teacher can use it to beam learning material onto a screen through a projector, which again is inbuilt in the box. So you have the blended learning system here, where we have videos, you have worksheets, you have quizzes, you have assignments, assessments, the works going on, uh, on the classroom phase where the teacher is uh, using the box to display everything on the board. On the other hand, the children also get to engage with the content in the box one-on-one. The box creates a Wi-Fi zone around the school. The children each get a tablet and they are engaging directly with the content in the uh, box through the tablets. So whether it is the videos, whether it is the activities, whether it is the worksheets, whether it is the assessments, they are getting a one-on-one experience. The analytics are being uh, uh, sort of uploaded into the cloud and they are being retained on each tablet also. Uh, The idea being that basically in the villages, there is no infrastructure. Right. There are no schools, there are no teachers, there are no books available to the children. Uh, even teachers who are there are not trained. We are talking of literacy levels which are very, very dismal. I mean, uh, as per surveys done a few months back, children of class 5 were unable to read a textbook meant for children of class 2. They are unable to solve problems on subtraction, on division... So the literacy levels are really very very low and we are looking at a solution to overcome this. Uh, One of the major reasons that we find is of course the lack of digital infrastructure and the second one being the lack of trained teachers. You know we are talking of something like 20 lakh teachers in rural India who are not even graduates let alone trained professionals and they are teaching in schools. So you can imagine the kind of literacy levels we are talking about. So our box acts as a facilitator even for a teacher who has not received any formal training. He can use the box as an aid to provide high quality content to his students. The same student in a little village. Is competing with students sitting today in Delhi, Bangalore, Bombay. They're competing for the same entrance exams, they're competing for the same class 12, class 10 exams. So, you know, rather than uh, deprive them of this opportunity of a good education, at least we're trying to make a foray where we can provide some sort of content available to the children through teacher training to improve the teachers. Uh, capacity you know, build on empower the teacher and when all else fails of course the box is there to act as a solitary replacement though right. though that is not really what we say so it, ba- it can't be a replacement
2: for the teacher so basically it's a learning aid so they, they can use it as a tool where they can have the lessons chapter aligned with their own course content and it, it helps the student to actually vis- visualize like what's going on with the let's say we are teaching him about ocean currents then we can actually show him that what are the kind of oceans are there how the current is flowing and all so it's very useful for a student as well as a teacher because the teacher saves a lot of time Uh, let's say i will give one small example let's say if it's a biology class the teacher has to teach let's say circulatory system first of all he has to draw the entire structure which wastes around like 15-20 minutes of his time in fact if we can show an image which is a 3D image, it is more easier and teacher can handle it using his tablet and student can actually see how the blood is flowing, what is the structure of the body. So you can imagine like how easy it would be for a student and a teacher who have never used technology yeah uh, excellent, excellent
0: guys. Uh, I'm also looking at your website and I, uh, I uh, urge the listeners also to go and look at the website. Uh, I can see pictures of of your box. So uh, I, and the way it is being used. so I think I think it's uh, really inspirational. Now I, I I want to get into other questions so I don't want to dwell too much on the box as such. Uh, but I have a couple of quick questions. Number one, you say that there is no need for electricity. Uh, so, how is the box as well as the projector uh, charged? I mean, uh, what's, what's, the, uh, what's the mechanism? Is it like a heavy-duty battery that you need to uh, charge later? What's, how, how does the projector and the box uh, work? And uh, the second question is, uh, is this a government-aided uh, project? Uh, exactly, uh, who, who's, uh, who's funding for,
2: uh, for creation of these boxes and training of the teachers and so on? Uh, I'll answer the first part so basically like uh, we are trying to use the solar technology because that's, that's the one or future we see that solar will be the one technology which could be easily integrated with different components and if we look at the rural areas, let's I'll give example of Uttar Pradesh 12 hour power cut is, is in the summers so you can imagine how can a student or a class can run without power so we decided that entire technology which we are designing will use solar and we will consume very low power so make it 100% dependent so that's why we say we don't need electricity grid electricity especially so it will be a solar and combination of a battery technology okay and uh, the second part uh, i mean how
0: is this funded who's who's funding for the box uh, going to schools training teachers etc is it is it a government funded thing ngos what
1: that is a Ram, that is what we are envisaging in the future. Currently, it is self-funded and uh, funded by friends and family. Uh, We are bootstrapped, so to say. Right. And uh, we are working on it ourselves. We have won a number of awards, as you would have seen. So, a little bit of money came in from there. But most of it that we have got, everything that we are putting in, is through our own efforts.
2: And eventually, what we are looking will be like, the foundations, the NGOs, the partnership with the companies. So, so actually they can own the box in the remote location and we can run there on their behalf. I think that's the best model we still figured it out. And we can partner with different NGOs, which is already there in the uh, on the fields. So we can provide them technology and they can own it and run the technology and we become a partner with them. So this is how we actually see it. Because if we look at the model which is there in the market, If we start with a for-profit model, it's a different way to go forward and if we start with a non-profit model, it will be a different model. That's why we are saying we are a hybrid model. If an NGO say we need a non-profit model, we can definitely provide them and if a corporate say we want a for-profit model, we can provide them. So it's a hybrid which we are looking at right now. Okay, guys, uh, I think uh, what you're doing
0: is really great and inspiring. So, uh, I wish you uh, luck in getting the funds really quick uh, so that you can <laughs> you. Move, forward, you, <laughs> move forward quickly with this. Now, let's talk about uh, idea creation. So, uh, as you all know, the show is about uh, inspiring entrepreneurs to start their own journey. So, uh, can, you, can you also tell us and our listeners how we can also come up with a great idea like this?
1: Uh, Ram, everybody has an idea, you know. Everybody is passionate about something or the other. It is just that some ideas make it to the top, some ideas become successful, and some just, uh, you know, fall along the way kind of a thing. Uh, what you really need to check out is, uh, you know, you, you need to be passionate about your idea, first of all. Uh, you need to check out if it meets an existing need, it solves an existing problem, number one. Uh, Number two, is it disruptive enough? Are you offering something that is going to change the scene completely? Uh, Thirdly, can you monetize that idea? Because unless and until your idea makes money, how are you going to sustain yourself? You know, you may have all good causes, all social good at heart, but until and unless you make profits, the whole idea is not going to move forward. And you need something with which you can identify at least one USP. You know, why would customers choose you over the competition? For example, we say we create digital classrooms in the middle of nowhere without the need for electricity, without the need for internet, without even the need for buildings. You can practically create a digital classroom under a tree. So that is the kind of idea that we are talking about. Of course, once you have the idea in mind, you come up with a prototype or a wireframe, whatever you have. And uh, then you go on to create, uh, you go on to undertake research about what you are going to be taking the idea, where you are going to be taking the idea. Because the more research you do, the more likely you are to succeed. You know, you you to research a niche audience, the demographics, the, the specific sector that you are in. Uh, The problems that sector is facing, uh, the the kind of price points that you're talking about, are they acceptable to your customers? Are they realistic? And how do they match up against the competition? Uh, You need to talk about your business plans. You need... To sort of figure out what are the the uh, you know, obstacles in your way, where are the problems likely to come from and you need to talk to as many customers as possible. We spoke to about a hundred customers while creating our prototype, you know, because we needed to get the feedback about what they wanted, what actually was going to work on the ground. Uh, you know, for example, I'll just give you a small uh, input here. Uh, The box was a single phase thing when it started out but along the way we realised that unless and until the teachers accept this product, it is not going to work and unfortunately the teachers are the ones who are the least exposed to technology and being of an older generation, they are not as inquisitive or as curious as the children who adapt to technology so fast. we now have created the process as a phased plan. So we have phase one where we give the time, uh, time to the teacher to get used to the, and adjusted to the whole concept which is we are talking of about three months and then we go into phase two where we provide one tablet to each child so that by then the teacher already knows and is comfortable with the whole setup and the children can then be guided and facilitated by the teacher. So that is just one of the you know uh, things that came out of the feedback. Uh, then when we started talking to investors, we found that not everyone is interested in something that has just a totally a social cause. Right. Uh, you know, there are people who are interested in social impact, but everybody who wants to invest, if you are talking of a hardcore investor, he wants some sort of returns. He may have a social cause behind it, may be a CSR, whatever. He is expecting some returns and to run a company, you need money. To sustain ourselves, we would need money. So because of this, we created a for-profit version and a not-for-profit version. So we have got two different setups where one is handling just the uh, not-for-profit part of the uh, product and one company that handles only the for-profit part of the product. And another thing that, uh, you know, one has been going to a lot of startup events, meeting a lot of people with a lot of experience and one thing that has been coming out time and time again, every guy who has an idea, every startup wants to give the best to the market. In the bargain, what happens? You keep iterating and reiterating your product, keep changing versions. and. In the bargain you lose out of time, by the time you take your product to market thinking that you've got the best product, there are already 20 products like that on the ground. So you've lost out whatever competitive advantage you did have or you started out with because someone along the way is going to have a similar idea. It may be a little difference here and there of how things work or how the product works, but there will be so many people with the same idea. They want to do good. They want to help the children all over the country. So, the sooner you do it, the better it is. You can always take out newer versions, you can always take out better versions. So, that is one of the things that, you know, when you are looking of an idea and the progression of the idea, that is what we have been seeing in the last couple of months that we have been on the ground.
2: And I would like to add over here is like, if somebody is having an idea, first of all, as Roini mentioned that you need to do a lot of research before jumping into wholeheartedly in that idea. First, you need to have a passion about something. Let's say if somebody is have a passion about cooking or food, he should typically go into the food industry rather than going into IT industry. Because there he will be more successful than anything else. So, the research part is very important before plunging into the deep oceans. So, I think that will save a lot of fear. And secondly, like we have been exposed to... Uh, UC Berkeley business canvas model so anybody can use a business canvas model to start with because that will save a lot of time for any idea whether it is going to hit or not or whether the idea is viable itself that canvas will tell so I think that's the biggest thing you should do it as an entrepreneur
0: Okay, excellent. Uh, Thanks for sharing that, guys. Now, I think you guys already, I think Rohini covered uh, in her uh, very detailed answer, uh, some some steps of the ideation to creation also. Uh, But is there anything more that you want to add on, okay, I have an idea now. How do I go about creating it? Uh, You you obviously talked about market research, demographics, uh, the early prototype and things like that. But uh, uh, if you look at it from a very high-level perspective, Uh, once you have an idea you have validated it etc etc do you just come up with a mvp and release it to market or uh, do you think about uh, sales Uh, what what's kind of like the step uh, to go from an idea idea perspective uh, from an idea stage to an actual creation and launch stage Uh, what we
2: think is like first of all you have an idea now just create a very basic business canvas model to see whether their idea is 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 viable or not once you have that canvas in your hand start reaching out to the potential customer first because if you are reaching out to the customer and you say i have got product a but they are actually looking at b you will be saving lot of time talking to the customer at least talk to your friends family your connections talk in social media that okay we have got something now, whether you dis- need to disclose your IP, it is very confidential to you, don't disclose. But you can discuss a generalized sort of solution to them, okay, I am trying to create this, whether it is useful or not, what price point you are going to pay, because I think that's the first part you should, to- you should do before even starting off a prototype or a, or a hardware. So once you have that basic idea, just talking to people, then you start um, with a small prototype. If it's a, it's a software, then create a, a use. There are a lot of tools technology which is available for rapid prototyping. You can use it. If it's a hardware, then try to use off-the-shelf component which is there in the market and try to create a small prototype. And then I think next phase is to show it to some competition, competitor or, or people who you want to actually reach out so these are the very small basic two three steps i think that will save us time and 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 for for my or for from my point of view i can explain it is the best possible way and there are a lot of iteration or lot of changes you can do it to the entire uh entire uh, path of journey it it but basically it has to start with some research and then create some prototype and go to the market okay okay great
0: uh- now, we all hear about founders sacrificing family times to make their ventures a success. Can you tell us a bit more about your own family and how you <laughs> manage to balance business and family? <laughs>
2: I think uh, it's… it's there, there are no easy questions uh, <laughs> you know, on this interview. See, basically like uh, what I think is like your family has to be part of your entire journey. You need to tell them what you are trying to build. Sometime they will say, oh, it is better. You should do a job and what what crap you are trying to do because it takes more, hell more, lot of time than you expected. So it, it is always good to have your family, friends together to tell them, okay, I am going to build this. What do you think about idea? Because they are the first customer you can say who can validate the things for you so so secondly it's it's more important that you focus on the time part it's like you have to be very punctual about like how you're going to break down your entire day let's say you start nine o'clock in the morning it should be closed by let's say nine in the evening but then you have to be given your time to entire family till the morning it's not like in between you take time there are there are days there are period where you need to really give time to the product but Eventually once your family is needed it's very important that you stick with the family schedule also and especially I think Saturday Sunday try to give more time to the family and entire week just give to your product that that will really bring a lot of difference between the perspective from the family side as well as the product side because the entire Monday to Friday you just concentrate on the product and two days you get refreshed again and again start so it's a battle every week and week and until unless your product is released in the market and once your product is released you you hop on to the next so it's a continuous battle you need to do it
1: see actually uh, uh, it's it's not uh, this question is not peculiar just to a startup i would say right. in any profession you know you have to balance your uh, life at home and your professional life And uh, it is difficult. It is not easy. Because there are times when you need to be totally there all the time. I mean, I remember the times when Buddha and I were together 14 years ago in this company, software company that we were working. There were no Sundays. There were no Saturdays. (laughs) There were no festivals. Nothing. You got home at 10 o'clock at night. And if you saw your family awake, it was good. (laughs) So, (laughs) we've gone through that phase. So, Yes, it was tough because uh, last year we, we, we had to attend uh, this uh, accelerator which was based at Pune, and we were there practically for four months of the year and uh, Buddha leaving his uh, wife, his mom and everybody at home and uh, me leaving my house and my household... Uh, you know my husband is an army officer he's based in Nagaland on the Chinese border so (laughs) it was difficult very difficult because you're just vanishing one grown up in the house who suddenly vanished from the place you know so uh, yes it's difficult, very difficult but at the same time I think if your family understands your passion they relate to your passion and they realize that there is something in you that you want to do I think they stand behind you which I think is uh, what this whole thing is—they bring the power to you.
0: Right. If you like the show, do follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The link is www.facebook.com/foundersgyan and twitter.com/foundersgyan. Both these provide you daily tips and articles as well as resources to help and inspire your startup. There are multiple tips per day. Some examples of these tips would be articles on the latest startups growth hacking tips, how do you build team for startups, how to get funding, etc. So, don't forget facebook.com slash foundersgyan and twitter.com slash foundersgyan. Okay, excellent, excellent guys. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, is there a daily or a morning ritual that you follow? Can you share it with myself and our listeners? It could be a personal one like uh, say uh, uh, doing some exercise in the morning or maybe a professional one like uh, Having a call first thing or d- discussing some uh, some things to do. Uh, I'm talking about a ritual in the sense, uh, not getting sucked into work and responding to fires that are happening uh, across uh, across various things. I'm talking about is there something you do uh, you allocate time to and do uh, religiously before getting into the rigmarole of uh, work.
1: Yeah, mine I think uh, has, is a more of a matter of necessity than a hobby or a leisure activity. I have two dogs at home. So the first thing that I do early in the morning is take them out for a walk. So whether it is 4.30 in the morning if they wake me up or if it is 6, first thing we do is go for a walk, a long, long walk. And that is a ritual that we follow and that is one of the greatest stress busters actually. And it is while I am walking that I am contemplating about what I need to do during the day. What are the pointers that I am, you know, sort of laying out for myself and and that's a great thing that, uh, you know, somehow I follow, although I am not really a morning person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you are forced, yeah, you are yeah. forced and, to become a morning person. I love
1: spending time with them. So, yes, that is a major thing for me. That's how I start my day
2: okay Buddha what yes. about you do you do something uh, basically like uh, what I try to do is like I try to reach early to the office beating the traffic so that's point one because once I reach the office I think uh, what we do is like uh, every day we we have a small meeting in the office to discuss like how to proceed what's the day ahead what we are planning to so this is how and and then there are a lot of other things like you checking your email discussing on some topic and one thing we try to do is like every friday we 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 try to keep the second half as a discussion in the office which we are a very small office but we still try to discuss on new technology topics competitor i think that actually gives a lot of lot of uh, help to the entire uh, team that okay what's we are focusing on and how we are going to proceed ahead and secondly like you need to understand which technology is in the market and what is a competitor are doing so actually all the team is in line with your vision so that's very important so two things okay great now uh, you guys already mentioned that you
0: met 14 years uh, before and uh, you were working together and things like that now what advice would you have for people who are starting out with regards to co-founders uh, would you say a co-founder is uh, or, or rather let me put it this way how important are, uh, is having a co-founder and what advice would you give them to get good co-founders?
1: See uh, Ram, uh, what I would suggest to anyone who is starting out, uh, co-founders are like the pillars of a building and they are practically the ones who are setting or laying down the foundation and there can be no way to, you know, sort of uh, undermine their importance. Uh, A startup of course is different from a medium or a bigger organization where there are so many different people handling so many things. But in a startup it is the founders who need to take ownership of everything you know, they need to be the ones who are passionate, they need to be the ones who are ambitious, they need to be the ones who are setting the company's future plans, Uh, they they need to be the ones who need to work effectively to roll up their sleeves and be ready to do everything and handle all aspects of the day-to-day, you know, uh, running of the organization. Uh, When we started out, we were just four people, out of which two of us were the co-founders. So you don't have the luxury or the, uh, you know, uh, infrastructure or the finances available to you, to a lot different things to different people. So you have to have a co-founder who is on the same wavelength, number one, who complements your strengths, fills in the gaps. Uh, At the same time, he or she must be someone that you know well enough to understand where they are coming from and whether they share the same kind of ethics that you have. Uh, You need to have a major uh, trust factor between the two of you, you know, uh, you you need implicit trust. You can't move ahead if you start to doubt each other's actions or or whatever is happening. And uh, another thing that tends to creep in is an ego issue, of course, which comes in more when the company becomes slightly bigger when you've sort of inducted more people. But uh, I think, uh, you know, you can easily steer clear of this if you are clear about each other's strengths, each other's competencies and, uh, you know, you don't uh, step on each other's shoes in terms of your competency areas. Uh, Of course, you don't have to blindly sort of agree with uh, everything the other is saying, but you should be there to question, Uh, you should be there to discuss each point from various angles. Because everyone sees things from a different perspective. I, I, don't know, I mean, you should be, you know, once in a while you should agree to disagree also. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, I mean, you cannot, 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 uh, you know, say that uh, a co-founder is not important. Co-founders and founders are the backbone of this. Yes. And
2: I would like to add one thing, like for the young entrepreneurs which trying, we are trying to make something first of all like try to find co-founder who complements you there are we have seen the cases where two people having same skill same strength they become co-founder so eventually there will be a conflict because one will say the same thing and let's say in case of design two or two designers will definitely fight with the design aspect but if somebody is from a usability aspect so he will actually complement the designer okay you can design in such a way because it's a useful so try to have co-founders first of all who can complement each other second it has to be everybody has to be have a same wavelength and trust is the biggest thing you cannot even doubt uh, if you start doubting it then then you must discuss with your co-founder that i don't like this way or that way because it has to be transparent you need to be very honest with each other and Discuss, discuss and openly discuss with each other. Back, because once you start discussing, talking to every day with your co-founder, the teammates, I think a lot of problem is, is rectified then and there itself.
0: Okay, excellent guys. Uh, thanks so much for, for that advice. Now, let's talk something uh, about something personal again. Can you tell us something about yourself that is not commonly known? Uh, maybe people even close to you might be surprised to hear something. So, both of you are on the spot for this one. Something
2: about yourself that is not very commonly known. For me, is like I love to do cycling and a and lot of uh, outgoing trekking and all. So, a lot of people don't know about it. So, they only see me as a tech guy. So, that's the one thing.
1: See, when, when you say people close, I mean, uh, as far as my family and my close friends are concerned, they know this. But uh, people... On the on the professional front, are not very aware that I, I I am very fond of cooking. I am very passionate about baking and cooking, and I I, I really enjoy that. So you know, at the drop of a hat, I, any day you give me a choice. Buddha, of course, says that people who are interested in cooking should join the hotel industry. <laughs> no, for me that is. Uh, a leisure activity that I take a lot of pleasure in. It also acts as a stress buster. I mean, I mean, sit, just sit down with a bowl of tomatoes and chop them, <laughs> listening to some good relaxing music. The best thing on earth. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> okay, great. So I'm I'm sure like now a lot of people will. Uh, be lining up at your doorstep uh, asking you to cook for, the, for them I am sure you will enjoy that so, uh, so good luck with that also <laughs> now that definitely. it is out in the open uh, now let's talk about advice what is the best advice somebody has given you or alternatively best advice you have heard or read and tried to implement in your
2: life uh, or startup uh, I think one best advice uh, which we got it uh, while we are having in a competition from IAM so we have got a, this presentation which we need to showcase it to our investors, potential clients and all. So it was a huge 20, 20 slides long. So one of our mentors, Tanvi, she actually showed us in such a beautiful manner that you don't need to have 20 slides, it's only 5 slides, you need to talk and it will definitely help you out. I think that's the best part of advice for me for creating any presentation. So. Frankly, I will tell that you need to talk more than showing a long presentation to your investor. They just want to see what exactly you're trying to do, how you are going to achieve it, and what's the what's the dollar value. That's it. Okay, excellent. And uh, uh, Rohini, uh, do you have okay, anything to Okay, for me,
1: for me, there's a bit of advice that uh, you know. I, I won't say it was advice because it is something I read somewhere when I was a child, and it stuck in my mind. And uh, that was where it started. It said, dream great dreams. It is the only way to fly. And uh, when I was a little older, someone told me that you can't always do what you like. So, try and like what you do. So, that is my mantra in life. Whatever I am doing, I do it wholeheartedly. I give my all to it. Right. So, you know, in, in the bargain, nobody ever realizes it was <laughs> not something that I didn't want to do originally in the first place. So, these are two of the mantras that I follow in life. Okay,
0: thanks. Thanks for sharing that and uh, being honest, guys. Now, let's talk about inspiring our listeners. Uh, We all know that startups come with a lot of pressure. uh, So, give us some tips on how we can handle pressure when things aren't going
2: well. See, I think uh, it's it's about individual choices as well as like how you perceive the problem is. First of all, if you are having under a stress and and let's say I'll give one example that Tomorrow you need to pay a salary to your employees, and you don't have the money in the bank. So you either you do panic. Okay, how can you panic and you cry that I cannot pay, or try to figure out a way how smartly we can you can get the payment or loans from somebody, or you try to manage the situation in such a way that you can talk to your teammates and 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 people in the in the company that okay it will be delayed. For some time but this is the actual reason so i think a lot of time in startup what we found is like the founders don't talk to their teammate about the problem they they keep it to themselves i think it's it's a team you should discuss with the team okay this is the problem which we are facing and and trying to overcome as a team rather than having an individual approach so that helps a lot and secondly like if you are very stressed out Just take a break, go to a movie, walk around, take your own time, whatever you love to do, go to a bar or whatever you want to do, do it, come back again, rejuvenate yourself, start again. So I think that's the two things which we can do.
1: Ram, what I would suggest, much along the lines of what Buddha has said, first thing, keep calm and carry on. Uh, Believe in your product, don't lose heart. Believe in your product, believe in your mission, your objective, keep your passion alive, don't let anything get it down and don't get into a blame game. You know, keep faith, keep keep trust in your co-founder, discuss things with him or her, uh, keep, push your egos aside because these are some of the things that lead to, you know, increasing the stress levels. Uh, There are problems everywhere. Yes, everybody faces them. It is not uh, smooth sailing all the way. So problems will happen. But If you try to keep calm and handle them coolly and you think positive, believe that there is a silver lining behind every cloud, you know, just stay cool, it will pass over, Uh, this too shall pass kind of a thing. Uh, Of course everybody has different uh, ways of handling stress, some people meditate, some listen to music. Some listen to inspiring talks, but take a break. But I say do whatever you enjoy. Take a break and do whatever you enjoy doing. Whether it's singing, dancing, playing music, uh, you know, spending time with friends and family. Just do it.
0: Okay, great, great advice. uh, Both. Thank you so much for that. Now, we just have another three or four questions. Now, can you tell us about your worst entrepreneurial moment and how did you manage to turn it around? Or it doesn't matter, even if you didn't turn it around, the lessons you learned from that experience. (laughs) You
1: know, about a year ago, that was before we had started giving out pitches and things. uh, We thought we were very great at making presentations and conveying our word across. And uh, we were selected for this competition called the Intel DST Innovate for a Digital India competition. And uh, we were invited to Ahmedabad to come and pitch and uh, before the final pitches before the jury they they had uh, allotted a few uh, uh, eminent people to us to sort of help us uh, refine our pitches so to say and uh, we felt very happy with the kind of pitch that we had created and uh, the pitch was 28 slides long (laughs) so you can imagine (laughs) the the kind of feedback that we would have got from the person at the other end uh, but the good thing was that at the end of it by the time we headed out to our next challenge we were giving a pitch in two and a half minutes
0: right okay so so excellent so you guys uh, managed to get something out of uh, out of that so i think i think that's that's great so the lesson you learned is uh, keep your uh, pitch a shot? I mean, what's the way to put it? What's the lesson?
1: No, no. Uh, What I would say is that if there is somebody who is giving you advice, take the advice. Uh, There will be four or five people giving you the advice. Take the advice, sift it out, add your own bit into it. But listen to what they are saying. Don't get you know hung up on, this is mine, I must do it my way. Go beyond that because there is somebody more experienced who is telling you what to do. So take take their take their advice. Be open to criticism to creative.
0: Okay, great. Thanks, thanks for don't, sharing. Don't that.
1: take that. Yeah, don't take that personally.
0: Okay, great. Now, what is
2: the uh, future that you envision for your company? Uh, see, the future which we envision is like uh, we want to be in all those feeder villages which is there in uh, India. We want to be present there. We want to partner with best of the companies which is there in the market, which is having content or whatever they have. As far as the technology is concerned, we are trying to make state-of-the-art technology, but yet very simplistic and and easy to use in a local languages, which people can use it. So overall, which we want to, I foresee is is a company which becomes a part of the integral part of their day-to-day life for the student and the entire ecosystem. So that's what I'm envisioning.
1: Yeah, uh, what I am looking at is, uh, you know, there is a lot of migration that is happening from villages to the cities, people coming to town to study, to get jobs. Why not make all this available in the village, create an atmosphere, help? the community in the village grow, help the local community grow. So, whether it is creating jobs, whether it is creating uh, educational facilities, whether it is creating employment facilities, whether it is improving the standard of living, uh, create all these facilities in the village itself and it starts with education.
0: Yeah, great, great uh, vision, guys. I, I I really like it, and uh, I I again I'm wishing you luck. I, I think I've done that many times, so so thank you. Thank you. We need all of <laughs> and every bit of it. No? Okay. We need every bit of so, it.
1: So so now uh,
0: <laughs> let's uh, talk about uh, uh, something that you could have done. Maybe uh, how, how old is Forest Learning right now? Uh, it's almost two. One year back we started. Yeah, we started last April. Okay. So, okay. So, forest learning is almost a year old. And uh, we all know that hindsight is always twenty twenty. But is there something you do different? You wish you'd done different uh, if you start this venture today? Would you do something different?
2: Uh, I think what we would do today if we try to make it different is like we will definitely try to partner with a lot of more people which we are trying to do it. So the more number of partner, the more success we are into. So I think that's one thing which we...
1: Uh, at times I feel that maybe we should have had an investment partner Yes. earlier on, somebody you know who was there and we were not looking to sort of, you know, looking out at times that we are cash strapped. Now what next? That would have been a very, very comfortable solution and situation if we had found somebody much earlier on. But uh, having said that, I think we were lucky. The kind of uh, mentorship we had, the kind of uh, uh, accelerators we attended, the the guides we had, I think we are doing all right. We could have gone a little faster. Right. Yes, we could have gone to market a little faster, but, uh, you know, when you're in, uh, dealing with an education product, you have to realize that uh, there are summer holidays, there are winter holidays, there are examinations where people just don't want to look at you. So, yes, that that was something we had not uh, kept in mind in the early stage, right. you know, that those are the times that we'll suddenly be left high and dry. Right.
0: right. Okay, so yeah, I think I think it's uh, it's a great uh, great for our listeners to learn from your uh, your uh, your sh- uh, your short shortcomings. Uh, I would say uh, in the early stages because uh, uh, they can use this, and our listeners when they are starting out, they can they can do these things better. So I, I think it's great that you shared shared these things that uh, you you wished you had done a little different. Now. Are there any books or resources that you can recommend for our budding entrepreneurs? If you guys are big readers, maybe we'll just limit it to two two books uh, each. Uh,
1: Well, one book that I would recommend is called The Power of Broke uh, by Damon John. Uh, He's the founder of uh, Fubu, that is, uh, this hip hop apparel brand. Shark Tank, right? Shark Tank, yes, 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 yes. So he's uh, put this book together where he's put in his own startup experiences. Uh, he's put in several uh, stories from Shark Tank, uh, mm. interviews with entrepreneurs, and given a lot of good practical advice, especially in a time where now uh, investments are slowing down. You know, there was a time when it was very easy to get investments. So it, this is one book I would recommend. Okay, excellent. Straightforward and uh, you know makes a lot of sense.
0: Excellent. Uh, Buddha, you have you have any recommendations of uh, yes,
2: books? Yes, I I will recommend very two simple books which I like. Uh, one is Promise of a Pencil by Adam Bond. So it's basically started with a small pencil. Like he was in India, he was a very young chap from college. So he was in India. So he was roaming around the street and he found street children. So he asked like what you want they said pencil so i think if somebody reads about that so entirely change the entire concept like how he envisioned a big company out of one simple pencil so it's all about that and second is like uh, i recommend is called Jugar innovation by navi so it's again about frugal way to start because once you start in a frugal nature it's not Jugad actually like you you create mess of the product but you actually look at how easily and how simplify you can make the product using the technology which is available in the market, not to reinvent the entire cycle which is there. So, I think these two books I highly recommend to people who are starting. Especially the first one is for the educational domain and second is for any anybody, entrepreneur who wants to be in the industry. Okay, excellent. We will link those uh, books on to the show notes. Uh, now, I just
0: have one final question but before that, how can our listeners… Uh, get in touch with you obviously they can go to forestlearning.com but apart from that are you guys active on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook I know Rohini you are on Twitter so what's the best way to reach out to you if any of our listeners want to reach out to you either in terms of uh, any help or you know uh, wanting to be partners or investors whatever Uh,
1: Twitter is a great way Uh, all our details are there on the website forestlearning.com Uh, all our numbers mail ids everything is there otherwise I am on Rohini at forestlearning.com Buddha is on at Buddha Buddha, at forestlearning.com straight and simple and
2: And I think we have all the Twitters like uh, we are also active in Twitter I have got Buddha underscore DB as a handle especially uh, into education Second, uh, our email IDs are there, the phone numbers are there. So anybody contact us through the website, I think. That's Drop that. us a
1: line, give us a call.
2: We can definitely we, help anybody. We would love
1: to hear from yeah.
0: you. Okay, great. Uh, we will also put those uh, handles and uh, links on the show notes so that it's easy uh, for them uh, to reach out to you. So uh, I just have one final question. But uh, before I move on to that, I just want to take the time to acknowledge and thank you for sharing your knowledge to myself and our listeners. I'm also very grateful for the value you're adding into the world and uh, I think uh, what you're doing is uh, really commendable uh, especially with uh, trying to uh, improve education in India uh, I'm a I'm a great believer in uh, education myself I believe that education can uh, uh, can kind of solve a lot of problems that are that are there in a, a lot of developing countries so uh, I'm really grateful for you guys for solving this so with that we'll move on to the final question So, if there is one gyan, just one gyan that you could give our would-be founders, what would that be?
1: Reach out to somebody who is not as fortunate as you. Maybe try and help him with some books, with some learning material. Give him some time, share with him. You know, it could be a child of a maid. It could be the child of a servant. It could be somebody you meet somewhere who you think is amenable to, uh, you know, listening to you and taking your advice. Share, share a bit of your life. God has been kind. You have been fortunate. Try and help someone. Make something of their lives.
2: I think first of all, like be humble, be honest, and just, just work on your passion. So that's that's the three thing you need to do. Because until unless it's a combination of three things, you will bound to fail. So so you. Be be simple. Help out people and talk to people. Attend the causes which is there in the market. Though your your vision could be like making a big company, but you should definitely give back to society. Take some time because it really helps to envision your entire product life cycle. So I think it's the same, Gyan. Okay, great, great, uh, Gyan. Both you guys. So thank you so much, Buddha
0: and Once again for your time. Thank you. And it was real pleasure Thank chatting you. with you. Wish you continued success in your venture. Same Thank day. you, Ram. Thank, Thank you. you so Thank much you for, for the...
1: having had us here today.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ram. There you have it, folks. Another inspiring startup and the story behind its founders. Do check out www.foundersgyan.com ep48 for the show notes. And also, please do leave us a review on iTunes if you like the show. Any comments and criticism is also welcome and can be left on the show notes page. I'll see you all next week with yet another startup and its founder. In the meantime, you do know what this show is about and I hope you got inspired to take action on your own startup today. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great rest of the week ahead and good luck on your own startup journey.